Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here comes the payoff pitch, and Wallace drills this one to deep right field. That's way back! Way gone! Payoff to the SEC Player of the Year. Got her looking on the outside corner, and the pitcher of the year goes nuts as Sarah Cornell strikes out Abby Cheek. Oh boy, what a moment for the Hofstra transfer, and the side is retired. The 1 0 is drilled to deep center field. Sides. This one is hit high and hard, out to center, drifting way back, and gone! KB Sides, are you kidding me? The swagger, Alabama with a huge, huge three-run shot. It's 5-1, to one, Crimson Tide, pandemonium at Rhodes. The party's getting started, Tom. 1-1, and that ball is driven to deep left field. That's way back, we're gone! Another three-run homer for the Crimson Tide here in the bottom of the first inning. It's 6-0 Alabama. What a moment for the senior Mary Schroeder, and what a first inning for Alabama as Kelly Barnhill, in what will probably be her final game at Florida, has been chased in the first inning. Payoff pitch to Hardy. That one is lined through to center field for a base hit. Go! Chloe comes home. The throw is through. And Alabama walks it off. So a single by Caroline Hardy. And we're playing again in 30 minutes. Welcome in to episode two of season two of the Out of the Box podcast here from beautiful Clearwater, Florida, the Safety Harbor Resort, Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury here at the Out of the Box Boys, enjoying a wonderful start to the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. What a fun day it's been today. I like softball again. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't as big of a fan last week, but I'm enjoying it this week. I I like our jobs a lot more. (laughs) Yes. And we are finally, after a year of Ellen DeGeneresing, to the seven innings Oprah. <laughs> we are doing the podcast of Palooza. Caleb Rowe, 
here with us. Kayla, how are you? I am so fantastic. I am in Clearwater with you guys, yes. first and foremost, so that's amazing. Right. I am out of the Oregon rainy, cold weather <laughs> and get to go experience warm weather. Yes. And I get to spend all weekend watching softball. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. This is awesome. How This tournament is just grown from it's become really the premier tournament in all of college softball and the fact that you get it uh, we talked with coach murphy today you get it on this side of the mississippi river you know it's easier for some of the southern teams to come play here than to go play out in california or arizona this is this is an awesome tournament it's really special i think first and foremost the fan support for this tournament Mm -hmm. so quickly is unbelievable Mm -hmm. i i mean it sold out last year, and it sold out within, like, a couple days this season. Yeah. I mean, that shows, number one, that the fans are willing to flock to this site and come see these teams. But beyond that, you know, you walk around, and you guys were there today. It, it kind of feels like a summer ball tournament. It does. Where you're, like, seeing all these teams, and you look to your left, and you look to your right, and you're seeing, like, instead of seeing, you know, a 12-and-under random summer ball team, it's like, oh, there's Washington. Oh, there's <laughs> Alabama. Like, right. oh, there's UCLA. It's, yeah. like, these crazy, massive, big-time teams, and you just got to sit back and watch all the fun. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and we'll talk about that. We, we've got a pretty packed show, lots to talk about. Of course, we'll talk about this tournament in the uh, first segment at the plate as we go around the bases, and we'll advance to first, talk about some of the upsets in week one, talk about the SEC. Kayla, you're going to see a lot of SEC teams this year. I'm intrigued to get your early season opinions. There were a couple upsets in the conference that went final about an hour ago, so we'll talk about those. We'll steal second, talk about this tournament, what's coming up. Then we will round third and react to some week one overreactions, a couple that I wrote down that are already wrong, which I'm excited to just <laughs> rail on people. Right. And then finally we'll head home. We've got Off the Wall. We've got Tom's Hungry. And we'll wrap it up. Yeah, and hopefully good. Jen Schroeder will be here, I believe. We're working on that. She's hanging out with her UCLA people. The Bruins. The Bruins. Jeez, you man. can't get them out of Westwood. You can't get Westwood no. out of them. I, no. I don't know what it is. We'll I, see them tomorrow. We will, yes. And we'll, we'll talk about that. I had on the outline... A whole, I think, six bullet points about Tallahassee, but let's forget it. it was, and let's move on to today. It was today. crazy. It was crazy. It was bad. Let's well, move on to today. Yeah, I know, but we, we okay. out, out of the interest of fairness, <laughs> uh, okay. when, when you were playing at Alabama, was there ever just a weekend like what happened at Tallahassee where just things just didn't go right that you can kind of point to and, and think about? Absolutely. I think about even the year we won the national championship. I mean, we lost to Georgia State. We lost, like, two fall games. We lost to Fordham right before we went into regionals. I mean, we had some bad games, and and that's the thing is – you know, you can chalk it up to, okay, we didn't have a good weekend, things didn't go our way, but it's all about how you respond. And if you don't let it stick with you, which clearly Alabama did not <laughs> this right, weekend, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about moving on. And it happens to everybody. It's and, a good wake-up call. And Florida State's not bad. <laughs> I think that's, no. that's one of the big no. takeaways from this past weekend. They are a really strong good. offensive team, and as we know, that they ride and die on the momentum. So when they got a little bit of momentum from Alabama and that – walk-off win in the game one I mean yeah. they took it and carried it in a game two yeah and we we've seen this from Florida State too they like to start out strong and then it's all about keeping that momentum once they get to the postseason we'll see if they do that here they've got a big game against Washington tomorrow which is a big reason why I assume Gabby Plain was pulled after uh, two and two-thirds against Alabama today and right. let's talk about today yeah Liberty a 7-1 win for the Crimson Tide and then Eight nothing over Washington in five innings. I've got ha 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 written down. <laughs> Lexi Kilfoyle was dynamic, and Kayla, you probably watched some of the games week one. What was different about the pitching, the defense in particular, 
this weekend compared to the opener in Tallahassee? Oh, I mean, really and truly, it looks like a completely different team. And I think last week's challenge, and it, there's no excuse because all of these players are capable, but you had so many players out of position. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to sit there and say, okay, you know, it's a tough weekend. You're playing a really good opponent. But, I mean, you're talking about well, you didn't have Matty Morgan. You didn't have catcher Abby Dorr. You had to move Bailey Hemphill because of that. Like everybody was just not comfortable, right. and yeah. they looked comfortable today. And I think that seeps into a freshman pitcher like Lexi Kilfoyle when she feels confidence around her. When those players around her feel comfortable in the positions, how much easier is it for you to go out and pitch with confidence? You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's what I saw first and foremost was a more comfortable team behind their freshman pitcher, and the command and the speed change from Kilfoyle was really good today. I mean, her ball dances. She's got some good quality movement. And she's a force in the circle. I mean, she is, like, well over six feet tall. Oh, yeah. She's a power pitcher, but spins it up, too. That's what our vantage point, we don't usually get to be right behind uh, the backstop, right? And so we can really see the movement we saw from Crystal Goodman in the Liberty game, and then we saw from Lexi uh, later on in the afternoon against Washington. And uh, it was just amazing to see how much movement there is for both those pitchers when they're really when they're on. Yeah, yeah, and I think the game plan was well executed. We talked talked about it a lot in the broadcast, but it seemed like first two times through the order, hammered the outside edge of the plate away from the Washington hitters, and then they started chasing that drop ball, moving low and away. Kilfoyle made Washington look silly, and a big mystery today is why Sis Bates didn't play. We never got any answers. Obviously, we didn't. I mean, no, I'm not going to tell the Alabama radio crew, no. but no one seems to know where she was, and it clearly affected Washington, which in turn kind of fed into Alabama's momentum and confidence. Well, there was two big plays where I think Tao in the first inning beat out a ground ball to shortstop. Right. That does not happen if Sis Bates is in the lineup. Mm, probably not. I think they had to put Bailey Klingler there, who's the transfer from Texas A&M, and that's not her primary position. She used to play second base a lot at A&M, so I think that was a difference maker. And sure. you look at yeah. the little things like that that sparked some of the offense for Alabama. I mean, she's one of the best players in the entire country, Sis Bates. So you take her out, again, comfortable, being comfortable in your position. They had to do the exact same thing today, and they looked a little bit off. Yeah, they did. And, I mean, it was impressive. We got the first Bailey bomb of the season. Skylar Wallace in a move to the four hole that, as I said on the air, doesn't make sense. Not what I would have done ever, <laughs> but that's why I'm not coaching. Right. Four for seven on the day against Liberty and Washington. KB sides went from a sub-200 batting average to start the day to over 300, or I think right at 300. So things are working. This is the Alabama team we were all anticipating coming in. It just, I, I think it took, like you were talking about, getting everybody back, getting that comfort level back, and it looks fine. And it's amazing to see that considering you did lose Alyssa Brown during the week. So, yes. you know, she's out for six weeks with the, with the broken hand, which she actually sustained before the, the Tallahassee weekend where she led the team in hitting with a broken <laughs> hand. Uh, so it's just uh, amazing to see Alabama be able to deal with that in the outfield but then still feel so comfortable on the infield and, and pitching-wise. Yeah, and I thought, you know the other thing that stood out to me from today's game against Washington, how good Alabama's at-bats were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they battled, and especially against, yes, against Gabby Plain, they went in with a with a plan, mm-hmm. they executed that plan well, they did a great job of taking the right pitches. I mean, there were some questionable ones, you know, early in the count maybe, but they battled, and I think that was a difference early in the game. That's something that we've seen Alabama has and I think this is a kind of a you know universal thing but sometimes when the pitcher when the opponent throws the number 2 
or somebody that you weren't expecting, like the left-handed junk baller, which we've seen a bunch of this year for some reason. Uh, it's harder to get on get on those pitchers than it is like the Gabby Plains. Like when or you know you're going to get Gabby playing, you know you're going to get Freno tomorrow. Like you can you can be ready for them, but when they throw the the second or third third pitcher out there. You kind of get off balance there for at least one time through the order. Yeah, yeah, flying blind a little bit on yeah. that one. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You spend so much time prepping for the ace. Sometimes you forget about, like you said, the two or three pitchers, and then you're like, okay, I don't know what she throws, but let's go for it. <laughs> go see what happens. Eight nothing win over Washington in five. Impressive all around. Kaylee Tao continues to look good. Now we look forward. We've got South Florida in the morning once again, bright and early. You'll be calling a game early in the morning as well, and then. UCLA, Montana Fouts, Megan Faramo, probably the battle. I would be pretty surprised if UCLA started Azevedo or anyone else. I'm excited. I I don't think we're going to see a run rule on either side, that's for sure, but maybe. Who knows? Yeah, Yeah, the Bruins' offense was outstanding last weekend. They are strong one through nine, and even though they missed Bubba Nichols and Rachel Garcia in the lineup, they're still a force to be reckoned with, so I think it's going to be a good challenge for Montana Fouts and a good challenge for the defense. I I think – you saw, I mean, pretty close to a shutout today from Alabama pitching staff. I think the right. defense is going to be a little bit more challenged tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know when the first when the schedule came out, everyone kind of expected the Washington Alabama game to be the one versus two type matchup. Which you know, if Alabama hadn't stumbled, it would have been. But this UCLA game is as much of a marquee matchup as as that one was, and you know, Alabama. Recently, had not had good success against Washington. Has never defeated UCLA in a game, so you know, this seems to be the the weekend that things get turned around. So I'm looking forward to it. And I will not lie, as I put together the UCLA board, I still have a couple questions. Megan Faramo hasn't really had to pitch in a pressurized situation. Last year, it was basically all Rachel Garcia. Anytime we saw Faramo in the postseason, was in the game that they had to lose once just to get to another. Uh, advancement game in regionals or uh, mm-hmm. super regionals against JMU or the first game against Oklahoma in the Champ Series when it was 15 to 1 or whatever it was. Yeah. So we've never seen Megan Faramo have the target on her back that she's going to have starting tomorrow against quality teams. That's going to be really interesting to see. I think that you never know how a pitcher responds. So, you know, you, you know, Coach Murphy, something I learned from him, he was always like, all right, you get the opportunity, you either step up or you don't, you take advantage of your opportunity. Will she take advantage or will that pressure of having that target, being the number one team in the country, being a defending national champs, will that be a lot? And how do I live up to Rachel Garcia? Well, exactly. you're, you don't, but right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you try and figure out the best way you can contribute. So it'll be interesting to see how she does. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. And uh, then Oklahoma State on the final day the cowgirls we'll talk more about them and uh, a little bit later on in the show but the cowgirls are on fire too with yeah, tom's mysterious transfer allison Peabody. yeah that's why she left the, the one thing and maybe maybe you got some insight on this kayla but uh very very high on georgia in in the preseason i would be but i need to know why their best player transferred for no reason. Like, I need to know the reason. If I can tell, if I'm given the reason. If I knew the reason, I would right. tell. <laughs> I wish I knew. Right. She uh, may not even know. Right. <laughs> so right. If someone gives me a valid reason, I'll be fine with it. But I, I don't understand. So that's that's one of those things that, you know, we saw it. You know, Klingler, you mentioned, was, you know, making the transfer from Texas A&M. You know, it, it's kind of a, a uh, thing that's going on in a lot of college softball where some of the best players are, are heading out. 
Yeah, it's something crazy. I think, like, there's a stat, like, in college football that, like, 60% of quarterbacks in D1 are, like, transferring now. And right. it's kind of like a similar situation. And it, it not doesn't necessarily have to do with playing time, but it's style of coach. You know, like, where do you fit into a program? How do you see yourself, you know, best – earning a spot or how do I see myself like okay this is the best chance I have to go to the Women's College World Series this is the style of team I want to play on everybody has their reason and it's very interesting but the transfer portal gives it the option and there's no yeah. repercussions so if you want to transfer on your senior year which again seems crazy yeah. it, you can go for it yeah We'll yeah. see some of those players. Yeah, we, we, we have and we will continue. <laughs> yeah, you got one this year. <laughs> yeah. That's right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's uh, us at the plate, but we've put it in play, Tom. Who are yes. we? We can be anybody on the Alabama lineup today. <laughs> Look, let's, in uh, in honor of, of the uh, the Oregon native, we'll, we'll be Abby Dore. Okay, we're Abby Dore. <laughs> first hit, way out over right field. Crushed it. We put it in play, and now it's time to advance to first. Lots of upsets in week one. We'll talk about the craziest ones and what is going on in the SEC. Auburn lost tonight, Texas A&M lost tonight, Ole Miss is not good. We'll talk about all of that on the other side here on Out of the Box from Clearwater. We're back, advancing to first, Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, Caleb Rowe here with us in this boardroom right. at the Safety Harbor Resort. I feel like we should be doing doing deals. And, I know. You know Where are the poker chips? <laughs> Stock <laughs> options should be involved. Well, there were lots of gambles taken over week one. We it saw was. teams throw pitchers we weren't expecting. We saw plenty of upsets. Maybe, Kayla, the most insane opening weekend upset-wise in the sports history, certainly since I've been following it for the last four or five years. Without a doubt. I think what you see and the reason why there's so many upsets is because coaches are really playing into we're going to go play a tough schedule because you've seen time and time again the NCAA tournament comes around and the RPI is not high enough. You haven't played a high enough strength of schedule and then you get burned so you're not hosting regionals and teams don't want to do that anymore. So you're like, you know what? It's fine. We'll go play a hard team. We may lose, but our RPI is going to be a lot harder even if we go and win 10 or 15 easy games. So I think that's why there's more upsets. And I think parity is growing, softball's getting better, all that stuff, yada, yada. But I think the matchups in week one were ridiculous. Like, you had, like, Tennessee going to Arizona State, playing Arizona. You had Florida and Alabama. I mean, there were some crazy top ten matchups right off the bat, and I think that's why. Yeah, I mean, we saw Northwestern play Tennessee. We saw the the tournament in Mexico, a a kind of pre-Clearwater, Clearwater event, which had – Minnesota down here, Kentucky. So, I mean, we saw all these teams have to not only kind of reckon with what their pitching situation looks like. A lot of these teams, like Minnesota comes to mind, they've got a great ace in Pfizer, but behind her, who knows? And we saw when they had to turn to some other arms – it wasn't great. And they got beat by they got beat by Mizzou. We yes. won. <laughs> yeah. Which no one expected. No. Yeah. Oh, I I am not we talked about it some in our first show that I wouldn't be shocked to see Missouri just like really, you know, take some take some people out this year, kind of with the us against the world, got what we both think is just a very unfair mm-hmm. punishment. Because there was talk, maybe they'll redshirt all their seniors and try to. No, they're going to try to just win everything they can. <laughs> That's not Larissa. No, mm-hmm. not at all. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not. I'm. Am I surprised that they won? That they're as good as they are right now? Probably, but I'm not shocked that they're playing well. No, I. She. Uh, 
gave a speech in one of her post games, yes. and it fired me up. She was talking about you know playing for the name on the front of your jersey. Like the, every single game is a World Series game for us because it was that's like all the we got. Speech. It was it was yeah. awesome. And I was sitting in the booth uh, calling their game, and we played it on the air. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go play now. Let me get <laughs> right. suit up. And, I mean, she's gotten in a very difficult situation her kids to buy in and believe, mm-hmm. right. which is very special. And we talked to Kayla Kessinger, who hit a moonshot like grand slam in game one today for Mizzou talked to her after the game and she was so like adamant we are going to play as hard as we possibly can for each other we found like a new passion for the game we're in it for more than ourselves like this isn't about us going to the play like this is like we're building love of softball like love of our university love of our teammates and I mean It, it's reflected in her players, and I think yeah. that's what's really cool. And, and of course, Alabama gets to end the season. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So excited. All right. Shakespeare's Missouri yeah. <laughs> softball team in school Awesome. Were there any upsets, either of you, I'll throw myself in here too, any upsets in week one that stood out? For me, the one I was just not expecting at all was, I think, the preseason darling for a lot of people, Louisiana losing 2-1 to North Texas with Kleist in the circle for that game. When I saw it, and I, I hadn't even been tracking it the day of, because there was a lot happening for us on that Saturday when we were in Tallahassee, yeah. but I was stunned. It doesn't make sense to me. I thought Louisiana, that Louisiana's a team that has scheduled really difficult, but their conference is so weak, the, and the Sun Belt's not bad, but comparatively, that they can't afford to lose games like that to North Texas if they want to be a top eight seed, and I know that's crazy to say for week one but that's a very damaging loss well it's interesting too because you know for the seven innings podcast we did an all-american preseason all-american and i was like it's gonna be kleiss like she's gonna torch the sun belt like she's gonna come in and she's gonna throw like 17 strikeouts a game and then she comes out and loses to north texas i'm like well (laughs) i guess if you take a year off like it's i guess it's not automatic anymore like you can Mm. be a high quality all-american division one at a world series caliber team but if you take a year off you just never know and it's not that she doesn't have the ability to come back but she does not have any game experience over the last year that's so tough especially for a pitcher to be comfortable with your spin with your speed all that stuff so uh, that was definitely one that stood out to me as well actually I was like circling that because I thought Louisiana was going to be really coming out hot because they have some good transfers too yeah uh mentioned Kentucky defeating Minnesota was not, not the hugest upset but part of it is because I still don't know what to make of Kentucky Kentucky every single year is this enigma that you can't really figure out until you get halfway through the conference schedule. Uh, but for them to be able to, to beat a, a good gopher team that early, I think, was, was pretty. And then, unfortunately, North Carolina beating Alabama was one of the Tom, biggest upsets. we're in segment two. We're back up. We're moved on. Yeah, I, know. I also thought it was a really big upset when Kennesaw State beat Auburn today. Oh, my goodness. Woo. Final as of an hour ago. Yeah. 4-1 four, four, in Auburn. Auburn's home opener this year. You hate to see it. Tough, tough scene Rough. down on the plains. Let's let's talk about the SEC, and let's talk about what's not going well. I've got four teams that I, I've labeled under the rough starts tab. Mm-hmm. Auburn, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, who is 0-5, and I believe, as of this moment, in extra innings with Colorado State, not sure if that has gone final yet. Texas A&M, who lost earlier tonight to McNeese, McNeese yeah. to drop to 3-3. Three and three. And even though they're 4-1, I've got Arkansas, who lost to Bradley a game they shouldn't lose to. I think Ole Miss is missing the tournament. They, I think they're checked out. And A&M, we knew they weren't going to be very good. Auburn, I don't think, is very good. And Arkansas will only be as good as Mary Half and Autumn Storms, All-American Autumn Storms can be. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think the we saw for so many years how good the SEC was one through thirteen, mm-hmm. and you know for the last few years, I mean, there really hasn't been a dominant dominant force in the SEC. I think Florida obviously had Kelly Barnhill and all that stuff, and now that she's graduated, Florida's not going to be as good this year. I don't think. I think they're going to be a little bit easier to hit yeah. in the circle this season. So I think that you're seeing that polarization that used to happen in the SEC is happening a little bit again. I think that it's oh, going to no. be a little bit more top-heavy this season. Mm-hmm. And that maybe not last. That might not last very long. But I think that you're going to see, like, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, potentially Mizzou, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the top, sure. right? And, and I think some of those other teams are, are have – have the potential to fall a little bit. Yeah. And I think that polarization was one of the reasons why. So one of, we did landmine, goldmine to start off the right, start off the season, and one of mine was that I think there's going to be up to or at least five coaching changes in the conference after this season. Uh, now, I, I don't think necessarily going to be all five are going to be fired. I, th- I wouldn't be shocked if somebody takes another job in a different conference or something like that. But I, I think we you had s- pretty good stability for three or four years in the conference coaching-wise, and sometimes, you know, that means maybe somebody's getting a little too comfortable or maybe something, you know, you're accepting not the highest level and you, you have a transfer, something happens, and then you just fall off. And that may be what's happened to some of these other teams. Yeah. How do we feel about LSU? They walk off Oklahoma State in one of the games of both wins over the Cowgirls, one-run games. Considering what we saw from Oklahoma State offensively today, I am impressed that LSU was able to hold them down. But, I mean, I still – can't quite buy in to LSU just because I don't trust their mindset. Yeah. We've seen them struggle randomly and abruptly at times over the last I, couple of years. I think they may be the only team in the conference that can hang with Alabama as far as pitching depth goes, but their depth, is, it's not as proven as Alabama's depth is. Yeah, I watched the, a game, I think it was game two, where LSU walked it off, I believe, but Mary Beth Gorsuch pitched, and that was mm-hmm. the best I've ever seen her pitch in her career. She was really sharp against Oklahoma State, and I actually had a conversation with Amanda Scarborough about it, because we both were, you know, texting and watching, and she was like, oh, you know, the, the new pitching role might help somebody like Gorsuch out, because she was such a vertical pitcher, she would jump pretty high when she came into came into her like explosive like position off the mound well now that you can keep your foot off of the back of the rubber she's maybe not going much like expelling as much energy up but she can expel energy towards the plate so that might give her a little bit better momentum yeah. i mean that's coming from a pitcher man scarborough who yeah. you know but it I was the best it yeah, was yeah. the best that i and i hadn't thought about that i'm like mm-hmm. hey that we might see a little bit better velocity maybe a little bit better movement because you can get a little more momentum behind your pitch i don't know i'm not a pitcher <laughs> however it it was the best I'd seen her pitch, and I thought that LSU has some good young talent. They had the freshman of the week this week, their shortstop. Uh, and I think that, again, they have the athletic ability and the talent, but they've never been able to connect all, right. all of their stuff, right. all their hitting pitching at the same time and gotten it to really perform at a high level to break the seal of, like, okay, we're going to the World Series consistently, we're winning the SEC, potentially fighting for a national championship. We'll see if that happens. We'll see LSU at the Rhodes House we will. later on. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll tag along for that. We'll see. Oh, man, I uh, I hope so. Uh, that's going to be down the road. I know that um, I will be at the Rhodes House for the SEC tournament. Before we get the sign and do something you did a lot, which is steal second, let's talk Tennessee. So I am a hater. Of Tennessee, I had them eighth in my preseason poll. Eighth. Tom had them second. Eighth. Eighth. 
Maybe overzealous. I was thinking back. Okay, I should have moved them ahead of Arkansas. That was I don't know what that was. Well, yeah. Well, again, you're buying into all American autumn storms. Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> but Tennessee without Ashley Rogers this week, we're literally seeing the playing out of my biggest question about them. What will the others on the pitching staff besides Rogers do? It's been mixed. Run rule by Arizona. They beat Arizona State eight five. The offense got them out of that. They beat Northwestern, a team that I think is not up to snuff maybe or just not not starting out well i mean i don't know callie turner's fine including the uh the game today against colorado state she's got a 2-3-3 era she's walked 15 struck out 17 but i mean i don't know I, I think i think it's a wait and see kind of thing and we'll find out what the pitching plan is for tennessee once they get into conference play and have those three game series yeah last year was really interesting for tennessee because you kind of felt like after the injury to ali shipman like they had to start over. It felt like they're like, yeah. okay, we got to move our shortstop to catcher. We got to bring in like our outfielder to go. To, like they mix up the lineups and they had so many players try and work in in different positions. And for all of that that they went through with, again, Ralph and Karen are coaches that are quick to pull you, quick to put you back in. They do a lot of substitutions. So. They weathered the storm. I thought the team weathered that storm pretty well and finished higher than I thought that they would yeah. last year. However, you get Allie Shipman back, so you're like, okay, this is cool. But then you lose Kalen Arnold, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it, you're just your pitching staff all of a sudden gets depleted as you get your good catcher back and you're ready to go from that standpoint. So I think for them, it's how quickly can they build a complete team because mm-hmm. that's what they've always struggled with. Is again that okay, I know I have confidence in this pitcher throwing for seven innings in this game. Well, no, we're going to pull her, we're going to switch her out. Or I have confidence that this girl's going to get the job done in this position. She's going to hit one all year long, and she's going to like work through it. and get. Done. They just don't do that. So I think that's right. what's going to be interesting to see is how they gel and, and complete their team. One of the reasons I thought they were going to be okay, even with the loss of Arnold, was that with Shipman coming back, I think having that solid catcher behind was going to help the, the pitchers more more than anything else. In addition to you know the offense that she was gonna gonna supply, and we'll see. Like I, said, I think it's still it's still a, a wait and see situation for them, but I don't, I don't think they're. Eight. And I will go on record. <laughs> I think you guys can tell it makes a giant difference when you have a catcher. Yes. <laughs> that like frames it up well, that does mm-hmm. all the things that she's supposed to do behind the plate. Like you can tell the difference when Allie Shipman's back there versus one of the catchers they caught last year. I mean, mm-hmm. there's right. a complete difference in the sure. confidence that you give your pitcher. I mean. Not that Bailey Hempel can't do the job, but she's not like a purebred true catcher. She's yeah, been she playing first been base. Like yeah, she's been playing first base for the last three years. Mm-hmm. So when a catcher gets behind the plate, I mean, this is it's a different ball game. Yeah, it was it was yeah night and day from and again it's not anything against Bailey. A lot of it is we and we talk about a lot of the broadcast. She is so underrated with how good she is defensively at, at first, first base. She's mm-hmm. such a good first base. Such a good first baseman that it, it just made everybody more. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that Abidor is good yeah. certainly helps. helps. <laughs> certainly helps things along. You know when uh you know it might be a good test for Tennessee. They play Texas tomorrow. Oh yes. Oh boy. Will Elish cool down? <laughs> That's going to be the question. And we'll talk about her later. But did they play today? Did they play today? They Texas? played. Uh, Texas did not. Or no, oh. they played a. Uh, they played a small school. One four nothing. I can't remember who it was. Okay. Northridge maybe. Yeah, I wonder if if Elish. Elish was... probably was not there. Okay. Probably yeah. I'm more. I'm as right, but I'm as impressed if not more than what she's doing at the plate than mm-hmm. than pitching. That's it's amazing. I don't care who you're doing it against. You know, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but 
like to just never get out <laughs> have almost 20 RBIs yeah, in the I first like week. Yeah, like 17 RBIs It's something like ridiculous. Something absurd. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about her sure. in the overreaction section. For now, we've got the sign from Patrick Murphy, Caleb Rowe, stealing second here on the Out of Box <laughs> podcast like she did so many times in the Crimson well, Night. Well, she didn't need a, she didn't need a, a sign. She, was, she just went. Yeah, she's green light girl. Green light girl. girl. Go. <laughs> No sign, just go. Uh, we're stealing second. When we come back, we'll talk quickly about the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. Good games today, but somehow it gets better in the next couple of days. We'll talk about that on the other side here on the Unbox Podcast. We're stealing second here on the Out of Box Podcast. Greg Robertson, Tom Canberra, Caleb Rowe here with us. Podcast of Palooza. The podcast of Palooza. <laughs> I unfortunately don't have koozies for the the drinks that we would share after this recording. I left them in Tuscaloosa like an idiot, but it's fine. We'll we'll pass those out eventually. The out of box koozies. Let's talk about the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational Year Two of this fantastic event. We were talking earlier in the show about the crowds, the games. You saw some intriguing contests today, and. I'm sure a lot that you learned about some teams earlier this afternoon. Yeah, I got to see uh, Oklahoma State play Virginia Tech. And, and Virginia Tech was one of those question mark teams. Uh, they won the ACC regular season last year. However, they never played Florida State, had an easier ACC schedule. However, they won it nonetheless. Sure. Um, the interesting part of that game was their ace, that was the ACC pitcher of the year, actually transferred to Oklahoma State. So you had – you know, a, a very interesting situation, and the bats came out really hot for Oklahoma State. They're a heavy-hitting team, a lot of power potential. Um, and then the second game I had was Mizzou-Kansas, and Mizzou uh, run-ruled them. They scored eight in eight, eight runs in one inning, and that was it, eight to nothing. Uh, Mizzou is a team, I, I think that they have some really talented young pitchers that are going to do some things, and like we talked about earlier, they have the postseason ban. I think that they're going to – ruin some team's records I think throughout this season. I think that's going to be fun for them to kind of be the bad guy in the conference. Hopefully they can do that before the last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Before the uh, weekend before the SEC tournament. We came in last night, walked into practice, saw Virginia Tech practicing. I fanboyed a little bit. I'm a big Pete DeMore fan. Oh, yeah, because he does his podcast. I know. that's We, we have to combine. <laughs> try, to get, try to get them in. Yes. My, my guy, Pete. Love you, Pete, if you're listening. The other game today that I think surprised both of us, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm very high on South Carolina, and I'm very high on them because of Kelsey O coming back. We figured she'd be really healthy because her injury last year seemed to just throw everything amok. Yeah. Uh, and today she pitched against a good Texas Tech team, but not an elite Texas Tech team, and the Red Raiders handled them 5-1, and it really – I mean, South Carolina really, after that first inning, never really had a chance to do anything. Uh, no, I agree with you. And I, I didn't get to watch the game because I was uh, it was simultaneously happening while I was calling the Mizzou game. But the one thing that surprised me is that South Carolina was held to one run because they're a, a good veteran mm-hmm. team. They have Mackenzie Bozel, Kenzie McGuire, who are four-year starters at second and shortstop. And then Jana Johns, I think, has all-American level talent, just hasn't gotten the recognition or hasn't really busted through to get the, like, the big-time numbers that you need to be in all-american but she's very talented they have kelly drotar they have a very experienced lot of returners in the lineup so to only score one run and not support that pitching staff and that's what i've heard so far from coach beverly smith is that kelsey o is healthy this year and they're looking forward to having her back in the circle as herself but gave up some runs today 
Yeah. I'm disappointing to Yeah. Them. And interesting to know about Texas Tech, and I, I think those type of performances are one of the reasons why another one of my landmine gold mines was that I think someone other than Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12. This I year. actually thought the same thing. Ooh. I, I really, I that Ooh. was... That was definitely on my, like, in my notes. I was like, oh, this might be the year that Oklahoma loses. I think if there is going to be a year, it's this year. Because you've got Oklahoma State, you've seen them. We're going to see them later on this week. I've made a board. Right, right. We'll see what they look like. And obviously Texas and Texas Tech. And Baylor showed flashes. I don't know if they're Big 12 winning level yet, but they could get a game from Oklahoma. Yeah. But the key is is the grind. It's yeah. I don't have to I, I that's what made the SEC really hard for a while was every single single weekend it was just like, gosh, we have to face another top fifteen opponent. Right. Gosh, we gotta face this team who just upset this team. Like yeah. it was a grind. Oklahoma hasn't had that grind for a while. Right. And they're gonna get it this year, I think, more than they have in the past five or six years. Yeah, there's there's and even still I think in the SEC, even with some of these teams down, it's it's hard to say that there are guaranteed sweeps out there, but Big 12 still has some of those, but not nearly as many as they used to. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some of the games coming up, and I apologize, listeners, if my voice is a bit hoarse. It was a big day big on day. the broadcast. Did you guys get excited at all during that <laughs> game? A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Lots of standing and fist pumping. <laughs> the Friday games tomorrow, uh, I'm, you've got a big one. You've got a big one early on. I believe you're calling Washington, Florida State, right? You know, I was originally calling Washington, Florida State. However, we switched schedules, so Amanda, Michelle, Beth are calling that game tomorrow. So where are you early in the morning? I am South Carolina, Virginia Tech. Okay. And then I have the rest of the day off, so I might oh. go to the beach or <laughs> come yes. back for the UCLA-Alabama game <laughs> or go, go watch the Nightcap games. So I, I actually, tomorrow is my one day, one game, nice and easy and relaxing. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm jealous. You yeah. yeah. possibly go to the beach. We do not have that I, chance. I don't think <laughs> it's going to happen. does not have <laughs> No, they don't. Are there any games tomorrow that really, other than the one you're calling? Uh, actually, I think Florida State, Washington, Washington is going to be an interesting one. I I think that, uh, again, how do you respond if you're Washington? You know, you threw three pitchers tonight, and not one of them did exceptionally well by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't like they did terrible, but they got touched up in in all capacities. And Florida State hit the ball extremely hard last weekend against Alabama. So it could be an interesting how does Washington handle the Florida State offense. I I think it could be a statement. Uh, Florida State last year in the tournament went 5-0, like, they looked like the best team in the country, like, and then they get upset in supers. But anyways, it's <laughs> right. It, it's just one of those things. I think Florida State is a streaky team, and they could do some damage against Washington tomorrow. Well, it, I think all of it's about you know how you respond, and not only how do you respond when negative thing happens, how do you respond when positive things? Yeah. Happen? You know, Florida State. How are they? You know, are they going to still be able to ride momentum now that it's been a week? Well, do they kind of come in maybe overconfident after they did so well this past weekend? You don't know. I, I can tell you right now, the one thing that I wouldn't want to be is like the number one team in the country because for the last two weeks, like they've gone. It's not gone well. It's uh, not gone well. Uh, well actually, uh, Nathan Sheehan, our sports information director, figured it out that the number one team in America had only been run ruled seven times ever. And it's been happening now twice in the last two weekends. And we've Crazy. seen them both. All right, we've been positive there. and negative. <laughs> it's all, all catalog, right. audio, and GoPro. Yes. I, for one, tomorrow, I'm very excited to see Minnesota. I talked a little bit earlier about the pitching depth. They play Oklahoma State. They play Florida State. Those are two very good offensive teams. If Pfizer has a somewhat off day, 
Minnesota's 0-2. It, that's right. very true. Yeah. And how will they deal with it being 80-plus degrees? It's They're, humid. When, when they have came, they practiced outside? Right. <laughs> when they came to Tuscaloosa for the for the uh, the region, uh, Super Regional, they had people literally passing out, and it was only like 85 degrees. It wasn't that bad. But, you know, <laughs> they're, they're not, not used, used to it. To it yeah. yeah. They go, it's February. Where's the snow? <laughs> exactly. Like, this is Florida. It's not, it's not how it works. We, get, we have shorts on. Yes. We shorts <laughs> today. Great call. Great call. Saturday, UCLA, Georgia. I'm excited because Georgia has played Little Sisters of the Poor and Little Sisters of the Poor Tech. They get UCLA and a day after they take on Northwestern. What do they look like? Is that offense good enough to pitch against a Power 5 team? And not only that, but a top 5 Power 5 team. Yeah, Georgia's an interesting one. I think this is, like, why you come and play these tournaments. You get to gauge kind of where you're at. And when you play your, your, the home tournaments, like you said, of – you know, non-Power 5, smaller schools, you don't really get an idea and you kind of get a false confidence sometimes on sure. how good your team is, yeah. especially from an offensive perspective. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they do against quality pitching because they have some good good bats in the lineup without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I think they – big losses, Allison Fibri. However, uh, I think that they return, you know, hitters like Justice Mills that can make an impact, you know, Jordan Doggett, players that – come up in big and clutch moments they they have those they have good leadership but you never know yeah and, and georgia this is kind of stepping out of what they normally do because they normally host two or three of the yeah. red and black classics in, yep. in athens and elon western Illinois, right and then just head on in into conference play from there so and glad to see that that lou's coming down and playing one of these big tournaments to see how they how they respond yeah and you know, it, it's exciting to see them here. It's exciting to see all the television coverage given to this event. You're, you're a part of that. And it really culminates with that Florida State-UCLA game Sunday night, nationally televised. We're seeing more eyes on the sport this early in the calendar year than ever before, which is awesome for the growth of college softball. Yeah, it's huge. The last two national champions are going to kick it off. And I, and I remember I watched last year's game. It was Florida State-Tennessee. And – it was funny because I was sitting in the sands. It was the first time in that weekend. It was obviously the first time of the St. Pete Clearwater uh, tournament. But I was sitting there. I was like, wow, like this is so cool to be a fan right now. Like This is very special. So when you have that marquee matchup of a potential World Series game on a Sunday night in Florida in February and you're under the lights and it's big time, it's on ESPN2, I mean, it just – I'm always shocked. I'm getting like emotional about like our sport growing, but no, it's such a big deal. It's it so is. cool. It's basketball season, and guess what's on? Like right. softball. It's incredible, well, and it should be. And it's amazing to think about it. Where I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there was no softball on until the World Series. Right. There's, Even when I was a freshman, which I mean feels like forever ago. <laughs> I, it like regional super regionals maybe like maybe you maybe get super one regionals for sure right. yeah yeah but uh, it was like rare if you're on tv like you gotta think about it like right. oh gotta wear like a little bit more makeup today we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna be on tv but the cameras now, now they don't even notice yeah and now every like once you get into conference every game yeah. is on tv people complain yeah. if it's not right <laughs> adamantly <laughs> right so it's it and that's one of the things that i think the sport does something we've talked about that the sport is there are still elements that are kind of struggling to catch up with how popular the sport is actually is. Yeah. You know, how many eyes are on the sport, whether it's a committee that doesn't, you know, that has its set ways and it's going to stick with it no matter what when it's obvious that it's the wrong way to go. Whether it's having these huge tournaments sometimes in facilities that really can't handle these with all the, you know, the different TV or, you know, just the fans that are there. Uh, but it's, 
it'll catch up and it's going to be I mean this sport is just continuing to grow it's so great something that I think is really cool is like not only is viewership going up year after year but so is attendance mm-hmm. at all these places so not only are people watching it more they're also going more and, and when that is an option oh I can sit on my couch and watch every single game on TV no I still want to be there I want to go and watch these girls like oh, in action experience. I mean yeah. Alabama where they sell like over 2600 regular season tickets that's ridiculous right. <laughs> it is, it's, it's nuts and and it's not and it's, and it's great for that you know, little girls have something to watch, and that, but it's everyone. Everyone, is yeah, literally, yeah. right. And the people, I've got friends, and they'll say, "Well, softball, come on, are you really going with the softball team again?" And I say, "Just watch, watch a game. Come yeah. to Rhodes and watch a game. Watch a game on TV. Watch me watch. Watch me hate watch Kelly Barnhill. <laughs> right, and, and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> and then they love it. Yeah, it's, I, all, all it takes is just just one one little viewing, and it, and it's quick. It's fun. Some of the rules are, I think. Like you said, having to catch up with where the sport is now, some of the umpiring, yeah. replay, all that jazz. But the sport is growing, and people are watching, and it's great, and it's still rising. I think. Oh, oh yeah. It's uh, it's so cool. Like it, it's one of those things where, like in retrospect, like I love the sport no matter what. But now I sit here, I'm like, man, thank goodness, like I chose to play softball yes. because mm-hmm. it has given me like a career and an opportunity to have a platform and do what I love. So it, it's just so cool, and that doesn't happen in all women's sports. So right. I think softball is pretty special. And you know, if you're not on board, get on board. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. The, the ceiling is the roof. I mean, I know the people that are listening <laughs> to this podcast are already. They're on probably board, already so on board. Bring your friend along. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about that in the past. How. One one softball podcast was crazy, and then in the circle, seven innings. Virginia Tech has one. We have one. Indiana has one apparently now. So right, it's it's crazy. All these people the, are jumping on the softball bandwagon, which is great. Like I when when we first started, I would not have ever thought that we would have four four digits of people listening. Crazy, and our our premiere had twenty five hundred. Is it and still growing? It's. Yeah. It's amazing. These these people. And I don't even know what awesome. I'm I don't even know what I'm talking about. And also about. Live and, <laughs> listen to Seven Innings podcast. Oh, sure. Oh yeah, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> we should of course. Seven Innings all the time. In fact, we should say Caleb Rowe, also from Seven Innings podcast. Right. Last time we forgot someone Jenny Dalton Hill got benched. So we won't do that again. <laughs> we don't want that, that to happen. Jimmy Softball called us out. Our bad. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, that's our uh, that's our conversation about the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. It's time to round third and talk about some overreactions. I wrote these Tuesday. Some of them are just, they're not true anymore, but we can talk about that. Some of them still are, maybe. We'll, we'll discuss that on the other side here on the Out of Box Podcast. Welcome back. We are rounding third here on the Out of the Box podcast. Our final segment with Caleb Pro. We're not. We're not letting her leave. No, to we say. told her you have to overreact with us. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are. We are doing our own version of off the wall in that we are going off the wall. On right. Some of the, and by we, I mean me. I put it's down mostly some you, right? Yeah. And we're going to say whether they are actual overreactions or just right based on week one. Number one. Alabama was clearly overrated and isn't ready for the spotlight. Seems like an overreaction based on what happened today. A little bit. A little <laughs> I, yeah, bit. I think that's one of those things, like, if you, like, tweet that, you're like, oh, I'm going to delete that. <laughs> <one."> <laughs> so yes. go ahead and delete. <laughs> I'm going like, to, ah, it's going to go back. Like, like several of the comments today of people that were deleted when they were upset that it was not Montana Fout starting, that it was Lexi Kilfoyle. And it, uh, yeah, it's almost as though. The coaches no more. Uh, it's so weird. I know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. It, it, it is you, very like, odd. It's so, uh, 
And it's funny, too, because, like, year after year, people doubt Murphy, and I'm like, why? Yeah, we not learned. <laughs> Literally, he makes crazy decisions sometimes, and it pays off, like, a, most right. of the time. Like Skylar Wallace in the cleanup. Where did that come I, from? I'm going to throw out, I'm going to put Haley McClinney on the spot. I sat next to her to watch the game, and she goes, why is Skylar hitting for us? <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Right? And right. it's Haley McClinney. And yeah. then she's like, it'll probably, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out. <laughs> know, it, it works it out well. Sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so we all agree overreaction. It's very much okay, an overreaction. Good. Yes. People, chill. It's one right. weekend. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Exactly. Relax. Missouri, Kentucky, and LSU look like the three best teams in the SEC. Overreaction or just right? Who? Well, I mean, are we other than Alabama? Or is that included? Again, I wrote this er- at the right. beginning of this week. So at the time... You can say two of the three, maybe. I mean, yeah, go run with it. I haven't yet to see Kentucky live. Okay, I would like to withhold my opinion on that, yeah. so I don't have to take anything back that I say <laughs> until I see Kentucky in person. Or uh, they're actually my first SEC series this year. I'm going to go to Lexington and catch them in action. So you know, call me back yeah, okay. on, and I'll okay. let you know if okay. it's an overreaction okay. or not. We'll do. Uh, I think. I mean, I think LSU and Missouri are in the upper echelon based on. Not only what we've seen from Missouri, but also what you've said today and the fact that Larissa Anderson was very intense scouting Liberty earlier right. today sitting next to us. She came she game. sat next to us and didn't not once acknowledge it. We were not <laughs> we were not there at all, no. except once I spilled water. Right. And right. I, I could have been shot at that point. Who knows? <laughs> I, this Missouri team seems for real, which is crazy because I don't feel like they answered any of the offseason questions I had. My question was who's gonna pitch? I think their best ERA right now is two, three, three or something like that. So I, we're not seeing any outstanding. Yeah, I think yet. it's going to be pitched by committee. They have yeah. like five kids on their roster. Uh, they're yeah. have some young players that are probably trying to get in the mix. But that's how they're going to do it. It's going to be, hey, you're going to pitch three innings. We're going to switch you out. We're going to have a closer. That's what it's going to be for Missouri this year. Yeah, and it works. It's working so far. So I, I will say, you know, maybe if you switch out Kentucky for Alabama and then say, yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. Concerns about Washington's pitching depth are legitimate. I'm going to say just right, especially after what I saw today. Pretty I don't much know who it. they had behind playing. Kelly Lynch got lit up by UAB. Yeah. Gabby Plain, I feel like we're going to see Gabby Plain in a Kelly Barnhill kind of scenario that Barnhill was in last year for Florida. Plain's going to have to throw every major inning they play. That's a really good comparison, the Barnhill to Thank Gabby you. Plain. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. That's challenging for a pitcher, especially. I mean, she's been on a staff her whole career, right. it is and it's been the Taryn Alvello show for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's she's been uh, not necessarily their best pitcher on staff, but she's pitched a lot of the big moments. She has that like she had that presence, and uh, you know, it yeah. was she had a def, definite like style. And Gabby Plain's very quiet, and now she's in the leadership role in her bullpen. I mean, that's different. And it's amazing to think about it, like the game that was going on before uh, our game with Oklahoma in the elimination game was the UCLA-Washington game that went into extra innings because, of course, it was on before us, so it yeah. was, you know, delays us as much as possible. Uh, but that Alvello pitched almost, I think, all but maybe one inning of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have Gabby Plain, who's literally one of the best pitchers in the world, and she wasn't your go-to person. And now she is, and we're seeing how she's reacting to it. And, again, it's, you know, we're two, you know, we're a week and a half in, but she's been hit even more than, than I thought she would be, you know, outside of the game today. Yeah. So. And, and we have learned over the last couple of years and really over the last, I guess, half decade, mm-hmm. you need two. You need two really good 
really, really good pitchers if you want to actually yeah. contend for a national championship. I don't know if Washington has that. That's, I don't think they do. That's part of the evolution of, of the sport is that it's not just the it's not just one Monica Abbott at Tennessee is not happening anymore. Yeah. So and they're not a high run scoring team either. So I, I think that's if yeah. you have a high run support team, you can kind of get away with maybe giving up a few here and there, but. I don't think they have much power, and I don't think that they have a, a ton of run potential. I'm kind of surprised because I mean, they they didn't. It, it doesn't seem like they lost a lot right. from last year when they did score a lot of runs. But I guess they did. Yeah. I'm not sure where. Well, we'll I, see. It sounds like we're all kind of in a agreement mm-hmm. about just right there. But yeah. we'll see how. Plays yeah, out. again, it's uh, this is beauty. It's like early in the season, like everything's yeah. going to change. That's what's exactly. amazing. Sure. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right, UCLA and Oklahoma are the class of college softball right now. Still. I'm gonna say that's a slight overreaction. Slight, but I mean they're 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 part of it. They're yeah. they're definitely one. Of the, you know, I think just because of what they do consistently year in and year out, uh, I think when you say somebody's the class of college softball, that means you know not only just for this year but just in general. So I, it's hard to hard to argue with those two. Yeah. It's kind of funny with UCLA. I always feel like they have such this like crazy tradition, and they literally were it for you know yeah. a long time the game's changed a lot now and it's, so it's interesting because you talk about them like when I was playing UCLA was irrelevant you know and that was from like they won the championship in 2010 and that's my, that was my first year I guess so after that they did yeah, go to the World anything. Series right. so my like view of UCLA is a little bit skewed because I see them as like this traditional powerhouse and then they kind of went away for a while and sometimes I feel like we clump their success right now with the success of the past and we forget that there's no thing Oklahoma has been dominant for like seven or eight straight years nine years I mean uh, that's uh, both teams are up there for sure but Oklahoma for me stands out a little bit more than UCLA if you had to say between the two who do you feel more confident in possibly making the champ series obviously it's a long way away but UCLA Oklahoma I might lean Oklahoma I have I feel like I know more again Pitching to me, once you get in the postseason, you gotta have people you can rely on. G. Juarez, Shannon Sale, they're very good. Yeah, I would probably lean Oklahoma right now, but that could change when we see UCLA tomorrow. I can tell you right now, I'm gonna lead lean Patty Gasso yeah. over Kelly Anyway Perez, and they're both extremely incredible coaches. But Patty Gasso is just mm-hmm. kind of on a different level mm-hmm. in terms of getting her teams prepared. All right. And they get to play at home, basically, yeah. if they get to if they get yeah. to the World Series. Ninety-seven percent of the crowd. <laughs> but Greg Byrne was leading the charge. Yeah, yeah. Trying. And I, you know, Alabama's there. You know, they're always going to have a, a huge crowd. It's going to be a great atmosphere. But uh, that's you know not an excuse in any form, but just stating a fact. They get to play. You know, if they get to the World Series, they get to play less than an hour away from their yeah. from their. You know, campus. See advantage. All right, we got a couple more. Florida State is one of the five best teams in America. Yeah, no, I think that's what. Yeah, so we'll we'll see for sure. It'll get vindicated one way or the other here this weekend. But I think as it stands right now, for sure. Offensively, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pitching, we'll see. Offensively, yes. I have some questions about the pitching because I still don't really trust Kaylin Arnold and. I feel like if she gets pushed at all, we'll see what she's really made of. I'm thinking you're a really big Tennessee doubter. I am. Yes. <laughs> she goes to Tennessee. Just <laughs> she, <laughs> right. The doubt does not leave despite <laughs> her departing from Knoxville. But I don't know. I mean, Florida State's very good. Yeah. I, I think I think they'll still be a top five national seed probably because 
I'm pretty sure they'll win the ACC. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't see much coming against them in the ACC. I think you know Louisville's kind of up and coming. Uh, North they Carolina had a bad first weekend, and they had a bad first weekend. North Carolina might be good. We'll see. I mean, I think they're going to be decent. So I mean, there, there's there's enough teams that I think will give them a little bit of a challenge, but uh, it's not going to be. I think they'll win pretty easily in the conference. All right, let's move on. Ole Miss will not make the NCAA tournament. I can confirm they did beat Colorado State two okay. nothing in Mexico in extra innings. Got so now one and five. One in the W column for the Rebels. I don't think that's an overreaction at all. Do you do you think they're checked out just because of everything that happened? Yeah, I don't know if checked out's the right word. I think that. It, the Mike Smith deal was controversial. I don't think their whole team was really on board with him being gone. I don't think the whole team was on board with him staying. So I just don't mm-hmm. think that there was like a clean transition. And then you get rid of him, but you keep pretty much the rest of the staff. So like, I mean, you hire within to get an interim head coach. So it's all very interesting to me. So it's like, okay, we want to split, but we don't. We kind of want the right, same thing right. to happen, but not with our head coach that we signed up to play for. It's just all weird. So I think that's going to be a challenge for them. Yeah, we saw late transfers even, you know, within a week of the come, yeah. of the season starting. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I checked out may not be the right word, but I, I think that they're definitely still in, in upheaval. Yeah. If Molly Jacobson can't win, they won't win. Mm. Simple as that. Right. And she had a, I believe, seven two four ERA opening weekend. Not ideal. So are we, are we thinking – only like say nine SEC teams make the. Make I the it'll tournament. probably be more than that. I think their strength schedule is also good. I, I mean, the deal is you just got to be above five hundred. Right. So yeah. that's where the the cusp is for me. I mean, most of these teams that are they're going to be above like, five hundred. Like say Mississippi State will get in as a three seed somewhere or you yeah. know that type of thing. I'm a little concerned about Auburn, frankly, because they've got a pretty. And yeah. I say that not as an Alabama radio guy. Right. I say that as someone who their their conference schedule is not easy. No. And, and their non-conference schedule is not easy. Right. right. They, they chose this year to really challenge themselves. Great, <laughs> not, great scheduling. Making not, not what I would have done in work. that situation. All right, two more. Miranda Elish is an early player of the year front runner. Not an earlier overreaction at all. I yeah, think that's right absolutely. on the money. Is yeah. she, she going to win it? Uh, I would put. I mean, I guess if like you're talking about like the Vegas odds right yeah. now, she's would be at the top. Like, yeah, I mean, right. she'd be the best odds. I feel like to win it. I'd say if Texas wins the Big Twelve, she'll win the National mm. Player of the Year. I like that. I hope they win. Write that down. Eight. Yes. <laughs> Eighteen at the plate, three doubles, four home runs, seventeen RBIs, two and zero in the circle, a one four zero ERA, ten innings. She gave up two runs. They're in the first inning of the first game of the weekend against Wichita State. Right. Poor Morgan Lashley, but she tried. Right, they, okay. they they hung with him. They did. It was, it was the shocker, shocker strike. Shocker strike. Final one, Michigan is the best team in the Big Ten. I say that because we saw Northwestern with Daniel Williams in the circle lose to Utah, lose to Arizona State. Minnesota, we've, we've brought up the questions about the pitching depth. They also lost a couple games. And Wisconsin lost to Indiana State to open the year. So, and then, is Michigan the best team in the conference? And then Michigan run rules Florida. Yeah. Exactly. So they, I think so. Early on, I think that's the case. Yeah, I think Minnesota has the best chance of giving them a run for their money. I, I, I wouldn't put all my chips in Northwestern in that conference. I think that they have a good pitcher, but the depth is the question mark. I don't think yeah. they have that. Um, but Minnesota, I think Jamie Traxel, their head coach, is getting that program going in the right direction. And, oh, again, yeah. if you want to ride Amber Pfizer, which they've done the, right, like, the entire year, I mean – 
that's what you're going to yeah. have to do if you want to beat Michigan. And they're doing what, like what you said, is they're, they're playing this really tough non-conference schedule uh, because they don't want to, what happened to them yep. a few years ago to happen again, and they, they saw the difference. They don't want to go to Tuscaloosa. Right, <laughs> right, no, even though they're ranked number one in the country. But they don't, you know, they had an opportunity to host regionals and super regionals last year, and that, you know, gets yeah. you to Oklahoma City yep. more often than not. All right, I'll phrase this question. Because I think there is a different answer to the best in the Big Ten versus most poised for a run in Oklahoma mm. City. Is there a different answer for those two questions? Because uh. with Pfizer, in the postseason, you can pitch her every game. Yeah. Right. I know. I, I think they're poised, yes. I think it's Minnesota still okay. is poised, yes, to make but, a run. Yeah, and nothing against Traxel, but... I, I don't. Coach Hutch will have them have them ready. Uh, yeah, that's a so that's yeah. Th- that may be the only, no, the only thing for Michigan. It's really true. And once again, Michigan's done it how many years in a row? I, I mean, they know what it takes. You go to Michigan to go win big Big Ten titles, right? So and the fact that they've had a couple of, of down years, yeah. you know, a lot of times you don't really appreciate or understand what you have until you don't have it yeah. for a year or two. So right. we'll see what happens. Okay, that's it for the overreactions. Before you go, Kayla, yes, we're going to give you an honorary off the wall. Moment. This is our my favorite segment. Yeah, it does. Tom loves it. Something <laughs> outlandish said on social media. Something that you see fans say that is just crazy. Something in softball that is absurd, off yeah. the wall, if you will. Hence mm. the name of the segment. Right. Ooh. We're putting you a bit on the spot here. Gosh. I mean, I think for I'll give you two off the wall things. Okay. Um, I think it is hilarious for me because after I get done playing, like sitting in the stands and listening to people sometimes say ridiculous things about like these student athletes that are like 19 and 20 years old and like, right. like come on, throw a strike. Like yes. she's setting up the next batter. Like or she's the, trying to get him to chase on the yeah. outside corner. Like let her do her thing. Like, my, my, you know? my fav- yeah, my favorite of that was the come on, throw a strike. And there's someone else. I promise you, she's trying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so she's just thrown 150 pitches. She might be a little tired. Yeah, or, you know, so exactly. <laughs> Great. We've had people talk to us about, you know, the home run pitch. Don't don't call that pitch to right. give up the home run. I, to which Stephanie Van Brickle, Van Brickle Prothrow says, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. right? Um, my my personal, game. like, when I would leave, like, the stadium, like, I'd go, like, three for four, and I'd put, like, down two perfect buns and get, like, a slap. Why don't you just sit in there and hit the ball? <laughs> That's my southern reaction, by the way. That's good. And I'm like, well, um, because like I got on base and then I stole and then somebody else right. hit me in. So like that's my job as a leadoff hitter. But I just don't understand why don't you just hit? I'm like, uh-huh. well, you know, it is what it is. Right. Softball, but okay. Yes. Right. Anything else you want to throw in for off the yeah, wall? Yeah. Um, off the wall, my most off the wall teammate at Alabama was Jaden Spencer. She said the most ridiculous, hilarious, funny things. So like. Jaden Spencer has changed all of our national championship per, like lives because of the funny things that she said. She's off the wall all the time. She makes up words like instead of saying sorry, she said syrup. Like she's ridiculous. She didn't ever cuss, so like instead of saying cuss words, she would like make up a new word. Like so, yeah. Jaden Spencer. That's Just like a in, little inside in Bama U. Inside you Bama U yes. national championship team twenty twenty. Or twenty twelve. Wow, we're in twenty twenty. Wow. I, like, I like the I like wow. what you're thinking though. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, but so that was inside our national championship, our most off the wall player, Jane Spencer. Yeah, there you go. We'll do our off the walls as we head home in the next segment. Sounds good. And we've also got Tom's Hungry. Not it. Hasn't hasn't haven't had the opportunity really. I I haven't had my car, so we've been able to eat, which is 
Probably. Uh, but yeah. It's fine. Thank you, Caleb Bro. Thank you, in. guys. Get, and it'll give you opportunity so you don't get in trouble to plug the uh, the seven innings yes, podcast. Please. Yes, seven innings podcast. Listen up, it's awesome. <laughs> there you go. I'm on it sometimes. <laughs> She's on it there. The whole gang, all twelve yeah. of them. It's awesome. Yeah, there's like Ten. eighteen people. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for this segment. It's time to head home. Tom, we'll do that on the other side here on the Out of Box Podcast from Clearwater, Florida. Time to head home. Thank you so much to Caleb Bro. She's not here, but I just motioned in the direction where she was sitting. Where she was sitting. Yes. That was a lot of fun. That was was really cool. So great. Jen Schroeder was supposed to come on, and we mentioned it. And I was going to edit it out, but I I decided not to because, A, Jen really wanted to be here. She really tried. She had plans. But also, she texted me and said, I can't make it. I'm in a car right now with Rachel Garcia. Heading back to our hotel. And I said... Okay, fine. Pick yeah. pick two time player of the year, national <laughs> champion, literally whatever, Olympian, the, literally one of the greatest softball players of all time, or us. Yeah, I can't believe okay. she picked the softball. How player. how dare you? <laughs> Just kidding, Jim. We'll get you back. I'm sure she'll be she'll come on with us here in the next show or two. We will. She's very excited. So oh my gosh, maybe we'll get her on the air during one of the games. Maybe I don't know. Have her pop in. I can go to the bathroom for a half inning. She can analyze <laughs> with you. She can come on and give the UCLA perspective uh, of hopefully Alabama doing well. Gosh, maybe we can have her on for pregame. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Right. We, we've had a good show at the plate. We talked about Alabama. I didn't get to say this, so I'm going to now. You briefly mentioned it earlier, but I would like to really thank the 2,400 plus listeners who listened to the premiere. Amazing. That is like 180% up from the season average for season one. Y'all are crushing it. Thank you, everybody. People have some interests yes. in softball, and uh, Alabama softball in particular. And But we, we do appreciate everyone listening. We know it's it's, it's just uh, – and, you know, you may not listen to the whole thing. It, it's Sometimes they're long podcasts, so yeah. we understand. We get to talking and rambling. Uh, but, you know, sometimes maybe you'll come back and listen to it in parts. But we thank you however you listen. Yes, we're very grateful for all of the support. We advanced to first. We talked about upsets. We talked about the SEC. We stole second. We talked about the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational. We rounded third. We overreacted. Now it's time, time to head home and read some of other people's overreactions. <laughs> it's time for the off-the-wall segment. And, and, and just the way that the season has started, there have been plenty of them. Oh, yes. I, I've got some... Oh, man. I've got comments (laughs) that I'm going to read that happened after immediately. I think it was Saturday night, Sunday morning happened after that. I'm not going to read them, but I'll paraphrase them later on. But what's your off the wall to start off? Uh, Well, one of them was from today. Um, So Alabama runs, runs this play. With runners on the corner, it's not like Alabama is the only team that runs it. A lot, of, you know, most softball teams run it. Right. Where the runner from first to set will try to steal second, but will stop halfway through to try to induce the throwdown. And when the throwdown happens, the runner from third takes off and steals home. Alabama completed that play successfully against Liberty today with Taylor Clark in between first and second drawing the throw. Scott Wallace comes in, steals home. Smart base running. Great job. And uh, Taylor Clark does get thrown out, but that was. That was the trade-out you were willing to make in that situation. We had somebody on on the Facebook comment, Taylor Clark needs to learn how to run the bases. Taylor Clark knows how to run the bases and actually ran it to perfection. Did exactly what she was supposed to do. Crushed it. Couldn't have done it any better. 
So uh, just real that there is strategy involved in this. Sometimes when you get thrown out ceiling, if it results in a scoring another run, it's probably what was supposed to happen. I agree. It's, it's pretty go, good. You can go ahead and put that out there. Okay. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Just because someone's not safe doesn't mean that right. wasn't that wasn't well, executed. Wasn't well. the plan exactly? Ah, you people. Should I go? <laughs> I I would love to hear. One. Okay, this team right now is flat out horrible. When there is that much talent on the roster, then the blame falls squarely on Murphy and his poor coaching. Overrated. <sighs> team twenty four is not very good. Thank you, Murphy, for a bad couching job. <laughs> this should be your last year. Hmm. Don't see any improvements from last year. Right. Yeah. Long season. Have never been able to win it when it counts. Anyway, these are just some of the reactions. I, I like the one. There's also another one. Of the paraphrase of saying uh, Alabama never wins the big game. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if Murph so, can get it done, or if Florida will take him out again as always. Which uh, well, okay. Then, the last time I checked, Alabama won 15-3 after sweeping Florida. after sweeping Florida in the regular season at Florida. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Look, people, people as. <laughs> We talked about this with Bro in the first segment. We talked about it in overreactions. We are playing, what, 70-plus games this year? The goal is, that I think, is around 74. Right, yeah. And we're, we're trying to base this team, Team 24, and what they will look like for the next four months mm-hmm. off of 48 hours. Now, I will say... Not a great forty-eight hours in Alabama softball history. It was a bad. It was a bad weekend. Most painful broadcasting I've ever had to do, frankly, just because the way these games went down. Right. It, it wasn't pretty. And that's and most the painful. Most painful you've had to do because you haven't been there for some of the other ones I've had. Yes, to do. exactly. It's you've happened. Seen, yes, it you've happens. seen this kind of thing. Right. But I mean, to say some of these things, folks, it's off the wall. Yeah. We don't need to freak out. It's one weekend. As we talked a lot about on the air, the Alabama team we saw last weekend would not be the Alabama team we saw for the rest of the year, not just in terms of demeanor and execution, but also personnel. Yeah. And now we're seeing this this weekend and going forward, we're seeing the Alabama team we will be witnessing all year. Yeah. This is the Alabama defense. This is the Alabama batting order. It'll probably change up and down a little bit here and there. But overall, this is Alabama. And uh, all those that jumped off the bandwagon, I will paraphrase something I said last year. We don't want you back. Yeah. If it took a one and three start to right. make you not care anymore, we you don't deserve us. There, you do not deserve this program. There will be for every one that jumped off, there'll be five that are wait, ready to get back, ready to get on uh, to replace you. So that, I'm I totally agree. And it's a, it's a frustrating thing with, and it probably is the case in all fan bases, but since we're part of the Alabama one, we see the Alabama fan base, is the, for some reason, these are Alabama fans saying this. Mm-hmm. Why is it an Alabama fan's, like, default to pile on and be negative when negative things happen? You know, and again, and these and these off the walls, they're off the wall because they are, a small percentage. Yes, as we always say, ninety nine point nine percent of the fan base is great. It's great. You know, most of the comments are you know, roll tide, bounce back, things. You know, there they are positive and reassuring. But why that there is this segment that wants to? And I told you they weren't going to be any good. Why? Why? Why was that your thought to begin with? If you're an Alabama fan, as an Alabama fan, you should be assuming that Alabama is going to be good and be shocked and surprised if they're not. 
in any sport, but especially one like softball, when it's one of the premier programs in all in all the nation. When a disappointing year is coming of a top sixteen in right. America, right? When, somewhere when making it to super regionals and not to the World Series is a down year. <sighs> Why? Why you're so quick to jump off the bandwagon? Why you're so so quick to you know criticize the coaching and you know? And I'm not. No one will say that you know Patrick, Patrick Murphy wouldn't say that every decision he's ever made has been the right one. Right. That you know everyone makes mistakes and even Hall of Fame coaches coaches have it have mistakes and but overall I think Coach Murphy has earned the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. Would think so. I, yes, give him give him your respect, people. All right. And can I add one more? Sure, please. Think about it, folks listening at home. Before you call out a player, mm. I saw a lot of people on social media, and, I, and it really bothered me. A lot of people on social media after Patrick Murphy replaced Montana Fouts for Crystal Goodman against Florida State. Right. And you can question the decision. You know, there could be a debate there. We won't have that because it's in the past, but. People, I saw a comment, and I'm going to defend Crystal here, saying, "Well, I knew, I knew we were in trouble as soon as as soon as she came in." I don't get that. No, Crystal Goodman was arguably one of the best pitchers in SEC play last year. People are just thinking of the one game against Oklahoma, right. and they think, "Well, that she got tired, and Oklahoma got to her after a little bit, which Oklahoma kind of gets to everybody exactly. after a while." But basically, every other critical start Crystal Goodman had the entire season, she pitched really well. Yep, won at Florida, complete game against Georgia, LSU, LSU. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, she was great. So, just because the name is not Montana Fouts, don't groan and moan about right. the pitcher who's coming in or listed on the starting lineup, just like with Lexi Kilfoyle early today. These pitchers are talented. Right. They've got a great pitching coach, and they were brought to Alabama for a reason. Mm-hmm. Patrick Murphy's not bringing trash players no. just because, oh, you know what? We need a body. Come on. Right. We'll, we'll throw you in against Alabama A&M, see what happens. No. These, these are good pitchers who should not be remembered for one failure in, a, in careers of many successes. Right. I totally agree. Hey, by the way, the SEC Pitcher of the Year last year played for Alabama and was not Montana Fouts. Yes. So, there, I mean, there is there is a lot of talent on this team pitching-wise, and totally agree. We thought at the time, I thought it was the right move, actually, to bring in Crystal Goodman. You know, it just it didn't work out. It's some, and, again, it's sports. It's not always going to work out. That's, that's part of it. The other team's trying real hard, too. So, so We're all just doing what right. we can. They're doing what we can. So, I mean, it, and I told, and you should not be calling out, you know, college college kids. No. You know, you, you can, you know, discuss strategy. You can talk, you know, whether or not someone's playing well or things of that nature. But, you know, personally going after kids, it's just, it's, it's way out of bounds. Yeah, absolutely. That's off the wall. Yes. Let's chill. Again, Come on, just calm, calm the heck down. Right. God. And and as as I talked about last time, if you're an Alabama fan, support them one way or the other, and don't pile on as though you're trying to prove yourself right about something when things don't go well. Because what what are you proving? What 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 are who are you who are you proving these things to? Other Alabama fans, right? Who you should not be agreeing with you in the first place. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's do uh, Tom's hungry. Not yeah. a lot to talk about. That's that's kind of yeah. It's been a 
just because of the way that the the schedule has been, haven't been able to hit a whole lot of the the local spots in either Tallahassee or Clearwater. Yeah, our apologies so, to the many yeah. people who sent us suggestions for just, yeah, Tallahassee. We was, couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was it was it was just the way the schedule played itself out. <laughs> the the uh, get on the bus, we're leaving <laughs> because of the way the games went. The quickest post game of all time in the history of, of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So. Um, We'll, uh, we'll try to hit back on those. I will say we just ate at the slowest Chick-fil-A in, Clear- in, in the nation here in Clearwater. So if you're ever in Clearwater, uh, Chick-fil-A may not be the place to go. No. But. I will shout out one place we went to dinner in Tallahassee, Spirit. Yeah. That's Spear, S-P-E-A-R, space, I-T. Right. Or maybe one word, I'm not sure. I think it was the word, but yeah, that wasn't bad. It was good. Yeah. I, I got I got a, a shrimp taco appetizer thing. It was pretty solid, a little, a little spicy, but good. Yeah, I, I think this will really pick up. It's gonna be a while since we do a Tom Sunger. That's what I say. We we won't get on a plane again until Missouri at the end of the season. Yeah, and we're not on the road truly until Tennessee. Right. So so maybe we'll just go over to local places in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, if you want to send us a place in Tuscaloosa, we should go and send us a suggestion of where we should do a live podcast, possibly in front of Alabama fans for the SEC tournament. Well, that'd be a lot of maybe fun. a bro come back. She oh, seemed wow. to have a lot of fun. She is enjoying herself. Yeah. It, maybe, maybe, what would be the chances of them? No. <laughs> Finish your thought. Of them doing allowing us to do the podcast from the SEC Now desk that they're going to erect at Rhodes House. I wonder. I can shoot a few texts. See what happens. You know some people. I got some staff, SEC staff, right. on call. We could shoot a text in. Hmm. Hmm. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how big of a table do we need if we're going to get the entire seven innings? <laughs> that, that would, we will need to go to Wings across the street and have one of those like three or four tables. We'll rent out connected. all of Baumhauer's. Uh, all of Baumhauer's. We'll, we'll find, <laughs> find a seat, hopefully for everybody. Who knows? All right, that's Tom's hungry. Any final thoughts, Tom? We, we've got. We're a day in to the St. Right. Clearwater Elite Invitational. Great first day. Sure. You're joyous about it. My voice is obviously gone, as all of you can hear. <laughs> but then you look up and remember, oh, yeah, we have three more games, and then we go to the Rhodes House, but Arizona, Texas, all those teams are on the Alabama right. schedule in the future. Yeah, I would say, you know, again, we're, we're recording this on uh, on Thursday night after the victories over Liberty and then the the run rule over Washington which is as much fun as I've ever had doing a broadcast. Me too. You know, maybe it's up there with the Florida 15-3 game in in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's just a lot of pent-up frustration uh, about Washington. You know, the Huskies had defeated Alabama six times in a row including eliminating them for Super Regionals, you know, having to go out to Seattle twice in one year. So it was really, it was just awesome to get that win. And I would say, kind of along the lines of the off the wall, we were saying, we don't know how the rest of the weekend's going to go. Right. I think, you know, I feel as though Alabama's playing really well, but they still got UCLA and Oklahoma, USF on the schedule. So uh, I think Alabama gets out of here pretty, in pretty good shape, but there's still, there may be a loss that's coming up here this weekend. We don't know. But if it does happen, don't negate the positives that have already been been accomplished here in Clearwater with with whatever happens because today was as good as it gets for Alabama and will continue and they should be able to be use that as uh, you know positive springboard regardless of what happens the rest of the weekend considering what Washington could be Alabama and I'm not kidding about this if they even play okay you know do do about what you would expect 
today could have locked them into a top AC. A neutral <laughs> site game against a Washington team that you can bet, unless they're just bad, is a top five RPI win. Yeah. I mean, those are those are wins that committees look at. Mm-hmm. And okay. this is a big one. That win will help Alabama, the fact that it's on an, in a neutral field against Washington, it's going to help Alabama a lot more than the losses against Florida State will hurt Alabama. Yes, absolutely. would be the best way, I think, to put it. Because Alabama's not going to get punished much at all for playing, just because they played on a true road game at Florida State, two of them, lost one in the extra innings. You know, one, one was a run rule that just got away from you. But I don't really think that's going to – when they come down to the end of the, the season and they're, they're seeding, I don't think it'll say, well, they lost two ice to Florida State at Florida State. I don't think that's going to come into nearest effect as, you know, will they beat Washington on a neutral field? That's going to be a bigger bigger caveat, I think. Yeah, and a chance for more wins this weekend as we've talked about. South Florida, UCLA, Oklahoma State. And if the people want to see what my boards look like, Whatever you're tweeting about before the right. games, I don't know. I don't know. What, what what is your usual pregame tweet out to the masses? And uh, where can people find it? Yeah, the go to uh, T Canterbury RTR on the Twitter, and uh, you know I I retweet a lot of what you put out for oh. out of the box that type of stuff. Thanks. Yeah, you you, you being the more uh, Twitter savvy type person, but uh, just in general, uh, I do a lot of just general observations about things, retweeting interesting stats and things like that. I, I think it's a pretty fun follow if you go to I T. Canterbury at R- RTR. I'm T. At, Canterbury, R- sorry, C-A-N-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y. That's right. I'm at Gray, G-R-A-Y, A, America, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. You'll see my, hey, that's us, smash that radio button tweet that <laughs> yes. Tom gets a kick out of. Every time. <laughs> it's a thing, you smashing the radio button. Yeah. Smash it. You, your young person jargon. Yes, and if you want to join the movement, and I'm not even kidding when I say that, follow at out of the box underscore pod. We're about to hit 700 Twitter followers. Let's get to 1,000. By yeah. the postseason. That'd be I think awesome. That's, I yeah. think that's somewhat doable. One thing that's really cool that happens, we have a friend of ours uh, on the Twitter, uh, Chicago Gump. He does a lot of – he'll sync up our audio with some video clips from games as, as they're happening. Uh, so you can find that. Uh, I know out of, out of the box, we'll, we'll tweet those out. Yeah. So I, uh, those are fun to watch. Yeah, and I enjoy that. As I mentioned earlier, we've got swag. Yes. And – when we're back home, and I'm not forgetting it, we're going to give those away. So stay tuned because in the next episode, I'm going to drop some hints about what to say, what to come up to us and say, and entering the broadcast. Yeah, now we're, now we're on the air. Now please. we're on the Thank air. But what to say to get a koozie Ooh. and possibly a chance to win a shirt? We'll see. Oh, nice. Maybe. We got we got. You're wearing your nice uh, out of the box polo shirt right here. I am. I'm, I am. I'm looking forward. I've heard that there might be T-shirts in in the in the awning. Yes, I have to find a dictionary and then I'm good. Good. I'll, I'll explain why one day. That's for all of you <laughs> listening at home to find out. And before we go, Tom, where can people find us if they want to listen to an Alabama softball game? Well, if you are in the city of Tuscaloosa and you just have a regular radio, 93.3 has all the softball broadcasts. And uh, if you're not where you have a radio or you're not in Tuscaloosa, you can go to RollTide.com. On the schedule page, there is a Listen Live link for every game. You can just click on that and it'll play it there. Uh, also, uh, 93.3 is the praise in Tuscaloosa. They have an app direct just for the praise. And you just, and but if you hit it, just just hit play, and it's us. And that's and that's what it'll be. Whatever's on the praise at that time is what you will hear. So it's 
I know some people got a little confused as though there's not like a listing of the Alabama game coming up. Just hit play. Just press play. Just hit Very play. easy. That's all you got. Exactly. Yeah. Any, anything else before we go? I'm just I'm looking forward to the rest of the weekend. Hopefully Alabama can keep the uh, keep the momentum rolling after what was again one of the most fun games I've ever seen Alabama play. More of this. Let's more, do it all again. More of more of what happened today. Absolutely. Special thanks to Caleb Bro at Caleb Bro one on the Twitter at Jen underscore Shro. She picked UCLA oh, tonight, and it's fine. It's fine. Right. We love you, Jen. Yeah. We love you, and uh, <laughs> we'll get you back on eventually. Sure. But, you know, I would have hung out with Richard Garcia over us probably, anyways. Probably, so probably too, yeah. It's okay. In fact, what's, what's Rachel doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on in. Oh, welcome to Off the Wall. No, Rachel's not here. No. That'd be great, though. <laughs> That's it for this special episode of Out of the Box. A gigantic thank you to Caleb Rowe once again. Jen Schroeder, we're getting you back on. Don't you worry for letting us record here at this lovely, lovely Safety Harbor Resort, the yeah. St. Beat Clearwater Elite Invitational. This hotel is wild. <laughs> it, is, it is very nice. Yeah, Caleb Rowe was telling us it's difficult to find her room sometimes. It's <laughs> all over the place. As we mentioned, thank you so much to all the loyal listeners. You've listened to the, a lot of episodes in Season 1. You all showed out for the Season 2 premiere. Your support means the world. Yeah. Thank you to everything, and thank you for helping us grow in the second year and remember we've got three more games this weekend on 93.3 FM on the air at 920 Central Time versus South Florida tomorrow and 1.50 p.m. Central Time correct against UCLA and on Saturday 920 a.m. Central Time against Oklahoma State before we head back to Tuscaloosa and have a Sunday to ourselves it, this is amazing this I like is it back to back weekends of no games on Sundays this is very odd but I'll take it oh and Love a new podcast coming out pretty soon after that because we're getting back to our regular right. Monday, Tuesday schedule very, very soon. So for my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson saying so long from Clearwater. The season is just getting started. It has already been a roller coaster. It will only get crazier. We'll see you next time. Run out of the box.